Thanks for tuning in to Andrea in the Morning. This is Andrea Raquel, the social entrepreneur and sugar-free coach. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in and following. I hope you've liked our page on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash sugar-free coach, as well as on Twitter. You can catch me on Twitter at sugar-free coach. I will follow back and reciprocate. I always do. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are in the world and whatever time you're listening, we appreciate you. Whatever platform you're listening from, whether Spotify or iTunes or Google Podcasts, we appreciate you so much. If you're supporting on Anchor, extra shout outs to you and thank you to all of my living sugar-free sweethearts. If you are not connected with us around the net, you can do that everywhere that you are, any platform, just Google living sugar-free. And if you haven't already, go back and listen to all of the previous episodes. This creator series has been amazing. We have had some awesome, awesome creators sharing their time, their stories, and their tips with you. And today, we just keep going. We are going to be speaking with Di Dalio. She is the author of Don't Drink the Water. And we're so excited to have her on today. She, oh, Don't Drink the Water. I can't rave enough about it. It is an awesome book, story about um, a soldier's recovery. It is just so amazing. I don't want to give away too much, but we're going to be speaking with her today. And if you haven't already, like I said, go back and listen to the previous episode. We're going to keep it going next week with more awesome creators. And if you haven't already picked up your copy of Living Sugar Free Revealed, you can do that on Amazon. You can also check out my uh, read a book list and catch the books from all of the writers that we've spoken with. Um, We're going to be sharing, uh, let's see, we've got another week left in this series. And so you can go ahead and catch up now. Follow all of the people around the net. And if you're uh, listening from my website, you can see right there the different links to the um, various projects, movies that are coming out, books that are coming out, as well as the links to go and, and read their books and get their information. So we're very excited to be to be speaking with Di Dalio today. Um, if you haven't already picked up her uh, Don't Drink the Water book, you can do that on Amazon as well. You can find that on my list. And we'll be right back after a break with Di. Hi, I'm John M. Ketchum. I'm the author of The Zero's Journey, a modern day survival guide to weathering accidental enlightenment. And you're listening to The Living Sugar-Free Lifestyle Show with Andrea in the morning. Welcome, and thank you guys so much for joining us. We are speaking with Di Dalio, the author of Don't Drink the Water. I've got my co-host here, so hopefully she won't interrupt. And and I'm going to try to keep it together because I just love this lady so much. She, I mean, she's an amazing author. She's an amazing human being. And I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show, Di. Well, thank you, Andrea. And you're all those things and more, too. And I'm really excited to be talking to you this morning. Well, thank you so much. Well, okay, so let's see, you guys. We met via Instagram. Yes. And I was just digging into all these different 
authors in the writing community and I came across this book and I noticed that it said two things that got my attention that I knew that it was about a veteran that was recovering and that it said something about Buckhead and I was like okay that yeah that I gotta read that <laughs> so okay so you hit the whole Buckhead thing nail on the head you hit the veteran all of the I mean I cannot rave enough that if you are a veteran, if you're a soldier, if you're in a military family, you will not be disappointed. I can vouch for this book. You're not going to be like offended. You're not going to go, well, where'd she get her information? I mean, I just die. Tell us why, how how did you, why is your book so accurate? That's the question I want to ask. Well, I don't know what I'm glad to hear that someone, especially a veteran thinks that it is to be honest. I did a lot of research. Um, I wanted to make sure that um, I didn't come across as thinking I was the most qualified to um, to write this story or anything because I'm not a veteran. I am I am an Army wife and I've been around the veteran community um, since 2006, and it holds such a special place in my heart and in particular um, women veterans. Um, I guess there's this one experience I had. I was feeling kind of bad for myself when my husband was deployed uh, way back when he was in the 82nd. And um, I'm in a military town. I'm in line. Um, I was actually getting stuff together to send him a care package. And there was this woman in front of me. And I'd never actually seen a woman in uniform, not in person. I mean, I obviously I know women serve and all that. And I thought, wow, you know, I couldn't imagine, you know, being in her position. And then I saw this little child run to her, um, like probably a three-year-old and he's hugging his mom. And I'm thinking, wow, I feel bad because I miss my boyfriend overseas. And here, when this woman leaves, she's leaving her, her, her little child behind. So from that moment on, it, it just kind of hit me that, wow, <laughs> wow. They, you know, women really get out there and they, they really do it. And they're leaving, you know, in this case, they're leaving a, a child behind that kind of thing. So I, I, I guess I was intrigued by female veterans from that moment on. And and thank you so much for taking that and and serving us from that perspective. You know, you really, I mean, you can see the passion that you have for women veterans and telling this story. You can see that you were committed to really, really sharing an honest perspective and and you know when you say you did research did you interview people or like I mean you I did I did do some I did some interviews I read as much as I could find online Um, a lot of people have some amazing stuff that they've posted out there like blogs and articles and things dating dating way back well when I read about the hospital in Germany um, and I had read about a female patient. I mean, it really, it, that really stuck with me. And I tried to find that female patient. Um, I'm not a big social media person, so I was not successful finding her, but, um, her story really just really sat with me. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I did try to do some, um, like on Reddit, did some anonymous, like talking to people and people are so open and they'll tell you so much and the things that really matter to them. And I wanted to make sure that I hit some of those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You did. And (laughs) I'm not a combat vet, you know, but my dad was a combat vet from way back, you know, Vietnam, Korea. I was born abroad and and you I mean, I cried. (laughs) Oh, my 
God, it was tough. Oh, thank you. And, you know, I thought about, you know, the sensitivity of it, but I think that most even combat vets will be honored by reading about themselves because even though people might think it's a common thing, no, you don't necessarily, um, you don't necessarily have the strength um, to be able to share your story like that. So for someone else to be willing to do the research and then to do that is really, I think, I think is a huge honor. And I think that everyone, veterans and soldiers and military family people, I think everyone should read it because you really, really, you did an honor. You really did. Oh, thank you. Thanks. And that's what I was, that's what I was hoping to do. Now, you are, you said since 2006, you've been a military wife, right? Right. Yeah, that's when we got married, 2006. We, you know, we've been together since um, 2005. And yeah, I got right into the, (laughs) I was, I had no idea he was a soldier when I first met him, but, (laughs) and my heart sank a little bit, to be honest, because at that time, the, do you remember when you'd be watching the news and they'd have the banner at the bottom saying everyone who had died that day? So I was thinking, oh, I'm going to fall in love with this person and then I'm going to be one of those people waiting and being terrified. And right. uh, yeah, it was it was like my heart broke a little bit. But I knew I knew that, you know, I we had an instant thing, so I wasn't going to let that go. <laughs> and thank you for that. Because do you know one of the things that always makes me so upset when I watch television, when I see like, because I really like stories, you know, about soldiers and about, you know, police officers and heroes. And I I always get mad when you see like um, one of my favorite shows, Criminal Minds, like uh, Hodge, his wife left him because she couldn't stand the fact that he was always putting his life in danger. And I'm like, but you fell in love with a hero. (laughs) So that's right. That's right. And that's how I saw it, too. Yeah, because it's that that made you see what you saw in the person, you know, and they need support. Oh, right. Yeah. And I was more concerned about, you know, just please don't let anything happen to this person because, you know, I love him so much right off the bat. So, yes, yes. Love that. So, okay. So clearly you also did an amazing amount of research um, about with your other characters, but there's a little bit of truth in there as well. Do, do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Um, are you talking about my um, Charlene character? Yes. Yeah, I, I can talk about that a little bit. Um, when I was just a, a college freshman, I was enjoying and loving my life. I got a call one day from my mom that um, her sister, my aunt, had been shot in her home and I remember saying is she going to be okay I'm here I'm pretty naive Um, and she said no they think it happened about a week ago Mm -hmm. and it it was the shock of my life I guess like you know it's one of those moments where it just felt like everything stopped like wait what and um, we knew she wasn't in the best relationship Um, but never would have guessed that the person she was involved with would have actually killed her. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was absolutely shocking. And my character, Charlene, her story isn't exactly like my aunt. I mean, not at all. I actually wanted to write a character who was, you kind of don't really like her at first. She's so out of touch, but you know, you, you grow to like her and then you find out, Oh, she's with someone who's not so good. And everyone around her kind of realizes it and she doesn't. Um, so I, I wanted to write a, a character that's maybe a little more interesting. 
And um, mm-hmm. to be honest, for years and years, I had been kind of drafting this title called Death of a Nobody. And it was about my aunt because uh, when she died, they, there was such no big deal made of it in the local paper, that kind of thing. So I decided to unite that story, her story, with my female veteran story and try to intertwine them a little bit. Bravo. Bravo. I mean, really, you did an amazing job. I'm so sorry for your loss, and I'm sorry for the disregard for human life. I mean, that really kind of breaks my, I mean, it's, it just, I'm a sad way, but stuff like that breaks my heart because, you know, we can hoop and holler about politics and this and that and the other, but it's, you know, how we treat the people standing next to us that, that can make a change. And so I'm just really sad that anybody would be so careless with respecting human life in that way, you know? Yeah, thanks. And I, I agree 100%. It's one of those things as an adult I've carried with me. Um, and I've been trying to find a way to kind of give her a little more credit because her life absolutely deserved more credit than it got. Right, right. So you were working on this other story and then you intertwined them. And there's so much, there's really so much about all the characters is do you have plans for like a sequel or a part two or any type of series spinoff from this book or anything like that? Well, I I could I could do that. Um, I was focused on the the relationship between my my um, PFC Crockett and then of course Batista her her love interest um, because I wanted to dive into his story a little bit more his mm-hmm. combat story. Uh, and that's a little more challenging for me, you know, trying to be, <laughs> I'll have to consult with my husband a little more on that one, but I am working, I'm actually developing right now another female soldier story and it's kind of a totally different kind of character, but still kind of giving some credit to the female soldier. So yeah, this is not, this story may not, may not be over, but it's not what I'm working on right now. Ooh, that sounds exciting though. Yeah. Can we get any hints or nuggets or any little secrets you want to tell us? Well, on the new one, uh, there there are a couple storylines again. We've got a, she's she ends up being a single mom, um, and that she had well she has a baby with another soldier she met, and that relationship just kind of explodes when they're both home and and all that. So. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. all you need to know. He heads yeah. down a bad path. She defends, you know, what she stands for. And, you know, I think it's going to end up being a pretty good story. I mean, yay. Okay. <laughs> so, so you might just end up having a whole series of books dedicated to female soldiers. That would be really cool. I know. I kind of thought so. I kind of to write one totally different from the, the one I just did. Yeah, because she was kind of small town, comes from the farm and all that. And this this new woman, she's got a totally different background. And, yeah, it's, a, it's an entirely different character and different story. Okay, so another thing I related to is the whole country hick farm life thing. Did you grow up on a farm at all? No, I did not. I have absolutely oh, no farm experience. God. You did that too. Like, I mean, I didn't grow up on a farm per se, but like my grandmother lived in, you know, in the middle of nowhere in Virginia and there was a horse and garden. But then when I lived in Texas, I had a lot of friends who like raised cows and they had the, you know, the blue ribbon 
been pig contests and right. wore their actual boots to school that they, you know, <laughs> yeah. to clean out the barn. And, and, and it was just kind of the thing in, in Texas, like where I live, that was like normal. So you weren't an outcast, but the smells and everything you talked about was so on point. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did a lot of research. Once again, I actually grew up in the suburbs. You know, there was, <laughs> we would, we would drive past a farm on the way um, to church when I was a kid and I used to plug my nose the whole way but I was that kind of kid I plugged my nose at the zoo too so the smell thing I'm like oh yeah I gotta get that in there and I, yeah, I did a lot of research about farm kids too and all that you know, you're just up. an amazing writer you're an amazing writer so I cannot oh, see what you do you. and okay so I love one of the things we've been talking about a lot on um, the different uh, creator series episodes. I've got to give you this this compliment as well because, you know, when you write fiction, which I'm new to, and you know, I've been writing all my life, you know, and I've done little short stories, but actually, you know, getting a novel written, that's a whole nother level, man. And and <laughs> I love the way that you gave. Um, Really great detail, really great description. You put us in place of the story, but it's also very easy to read. And thank you for that, because my brain goes all over the place. And sometimes when things are too flowery and too like, you don't get me lost in the story. So just bravo on that. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I like stories that go cut straight to the chase, too. And I think one of your Someone else you just interviewed, I think it was Janice, whose interview I yeah. really enjoyed. She said the same thing that she doesn't like when it, or I think she said something to that effect, or she doesn't like yeah. when it carry the detail carries on too much. And I, that's not the kind of writer I am, and it's not the kind of reader I am. I don't like when you pick up, um, it's usually like a fiction novel, and you feel like you can maybe skip a few pages and not miss anything. I don't like that. I like reading the story. Right. <laughs> so I try, try to write that way, too. But at the same time, you did something that most people can't usually do with me. Usually when I'm reading, when I'm writing, when I'm listening, I've usually got it figured out pretty quickly. You know, when I try, try my best not to, I don't watch a lot of movies with people because I usually already know what's going on early yeah. in. I've already figured out yeah. catches and whatever. But you did an amazing job of, I mean, I did not figure out what was going on until like just the chapter before you revealed it. I had finally figured it out, but I had no clue what was going on or what was going to happen. And I was like, what? I don't know what, I have no idea. But at the same time, I wanted to know. It wasn't like, oh, blah, blah, blah. It was like, okay, I know this ties together. I don't know how, but I can't wait to find out. But I didn't figure it out early on. So you did a really good job of that as well. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh oh, that was more. Say, are you oh, saying hi? Say hi. But okay, but we're interviewing. Okay, you have questions. Okay, so Fifi <laughs> said that I'm supposed to ask you about how in the world you managed to write, in addition to being a military wife, in addition to having children and having an adorable little fur baby yourself. Do you only have that one little cute fur baby I've seen? Yes. Yeah, we just have our one little cupcake, just our one little oh. pup. Oh, is it a he or a she? She's a little girl. Oh my gosh, she's so cute. Oh, thank you, thank you. I know. I think there should be a Fifi cupcake play date someday, probably. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
So, okay, so how in the world do you balance all of that and write such an amazing novel as, as well and has moved on to another one now? Well, I'll tell you my number one secret is that I write standing up. And I think that's weird for people because, yeah, a lot of people like settle into their desk and they get it really quiet. I like I write right in the middle of the chaos, like on my kitchen island. And there's like a million things going on around me. And then I usually polish it up before after the kids go to sleep. So I just write wherever I can, wherever, whenever. <laughs> I love that. You know, <laughs> I have been looking at those um, standing desks for years. Yeah. There, It's like a drafting table and you stand at it. Yep. Oh. Yeah, I don't have one. I should probably get one of those because then I don't have to worry about people like knocking their dishes over on my computer or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. So you guys, that's a new tip now. Tip alert. So if you are in the middle of everything and in the middle of your day, and and this builds on something that Daniel said, Daniel said that, you know, showing love because, you know, for, for us people who are like on the spectrum, a lot of us don't like hugs and touching and, you know, we're not all kind of into the little warm and cuddly kind of whatever, but you have children. So clearly, even if you are, that's not an option. You got to give your cuddles in. Yeah. So that builds on what he said though, because he said that when you give your time and attention to your family, first thing, the writing flows because your why is forever prevalent. So you're saying even more, you're writing in the midst of. That's right. And, you know, I'm one of those people, I, I can compartmentalize anything, but I don't compartmentalize my writing. I feel like it, I'm, even if I'm not writing exactly what's going on in front of me, I'm using that energy to write. So I, yeah, I kind of like it. And especially these were chaotic characters in some cases. So it's kind of helpful to be like in a really scattered mind, you know, lots of things going on and, and writing that character. It actually helped me quite a bit, especially with Sarah. Wow. I love that so much. Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. So, um, you said you grew up in the suburbs. I'm trying to think. So you're, 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 your character was really most, the one that most identified with you was which character would you say? You know, and that's, that's a tough question because I don't necessarily know that any of them did. <laughs> I know that's not probably the answer you wanted to hear. No, but. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I, I mean, I'm learning and I know everyone else is learning. And plus everyone does things differently. I think we can all learn something from each other. Yeah. And I mean, probably more than anything, maybe characters inspired by people I've come across in my life, that kind of thing. And I try to see their perspective. Um, mm -hmm. So because I definitely don't want my characters to sound the same. So when I'm writing, when I was writing Sarah, I had kind of uh, kind of an idea of someone in mind. Um, yeah. So really, I'd, I'd say that my character is more more inspired by experiences I've had or people I've come across more so than myself. I love that. That's Awesome. Wow. Okay. So you, you guys, her key to balance is not balancing. I mean, doing it in the midst of that's such an awesome perspective. I love <laughs> it because like you said, a lot of people feel like they have to turn everything off and get in this quiet space and have everything so perfect on the desk. And maybe that's why a lot of people experience writer's block because if you wait until you can turn everything off, you might kind of lose that inspiration. Oh yeah, definitely. And last year when I wrote this, 
I was, I was pregnant and, um, like I had to take a month off from it cause I was so tired and I wasn't feeling good and that kind of thing. And yeah, it, it, it's funny how, um, you know, how you're feeling and whatever. I didn't want that. I didn't want my character to come off as someone who's like nauseous and miserable. <laughs> so, so instead of like the, you know, I, I do definitely get writer's block, but last year was more like I had like an energy block. I just couldn't do it. There were, there were about six weeks where I couldn't write. And then, you know, one day I just, I was at it again and, you know, it was, <laughs> it felt good to be back at it really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're going to take a break right here, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us for this writing lifestyle episode um, of our creator series on the Living Sugar-Free Lifestyle Show. We're speaking with Di Dalio, the author of Don't Drink the Water, and we'll be right back after a break. Hi, I'm Brian Cutter, and you're listening to the Living Sugar-Free Lifestyle Show with Andrea in the morning. At least I think you are. If you're not, you're not hearing this, and you're not hearing Andrea, and you really should be because she's awesome. Welcome back, and thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Living Sugar-Free Lifestyle Show. We're speaking with Di Dalio. She's the author of Don't Drink the Water, and it's awesome. You've got to read this book, um, especially if you are um, a part of a military family, if you're a veteran. I just can't rave enough about it. I mean, she did such a great honor. And thank you again for being with us, Di. I have really enjoyed you. Oh, absolutely. No, this has been really fun. So, you guys, we met, I was saying earlier, we met on Instagram, I think. Is that right, Instagram? That is. That's my only social media that I that I tend to. So, yes, that it was Instagram. Yeah. Okay, so, you guys, this is a testament to how um, social media totally serves a purpose. It's especially good for those of us who are not necessarily really social, but also, too, for people who are really busy. You don't necessarily have time to go to all the meetups and social like networking events and blah, blah, blah. So just by engaging and reciprocating on your social media platforms, you can build really amazing uh, connections and friendships. And I'm so honored to I mean, how often do you pick up an awesome book and become a fan of it and then also get to become friends with the author? That doesn't happen. You know, it, it, I mean, we're all readers. And so are you friends with Stephen King? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe if social media was around back then, you would be, you know. And so I just I'm honored to have gotten the chance to meet Di and become friends with her and to have her sharing with you all today. So we're going to let Di share some more writing tips with us, because I really like I like her writing. I like her method. I love the fact that she's a mom and a military wife and and is able to balance all of this. And I love the way you said you balance it. So I'm going to ask you a couple more questions for those people who are aspiring writers and who want to get published. First of all, how hard was the publishing process for you? Well, are you do you mean how hard was it to put the book together or the, the aftermath of trying to get it published? Somewhere? All of that and whatever you want to share about it. Like what, <laughs> what would you say is the biggest you know thing that you'd like to share with people about that? Okay, so the first thing, I think you should definitely write 
about something that you're passionate about and that you care enough to really put the time in and do it enough justice. I think, cause I think it just comes to you then. Um, you know, if you have a, a topic that you don't feel confident about, you should read and read and research it so that you're kind of writing as a, you know, as a native speaker of that language. Um, like, you know, I was intrigued by female soldiers. I didn't feel I knew enough. So to prepare for this, I read, I immersed myself in it online and um, just found whatever I could about it. Well, then my husband's experiences, they translate somewhat. I mean, he's the, the things you see living near a base, you see the interactions. And then, of course, my husband, every he goes through basic training and regular training like everybody else does. So, I mean, some of those things I knew, but, yeah, I really wanted to get that other perspective. Um, I also, you know, you run into writer's block. That's why I had three different narrators in this story so it was nice to be able to step away from one and write on another if I was starting to get a little lost or if I felt like maybe it was getting boring or dry so yeah I say just always keep writing the the problem is when you stop writing you're going to have that day when you get back to it that you go really slow and (laughs) I don't like getting to that point so I try to at least write a little bit something to keep my keep my mind going I think that's pretty important very, very interesting. I like the what the narr the different narrators' perspectives. Again, similar to what previous authors have mentioned, you know, when you have that writer's block, do something else. And having either multiple stories or multiple stories within a story, um, that can definitely keep you where you always have something you can be doing. So I really like that perspective as well. Yeah, and you know what else helped me this time was I I started, I just had like this big jumbled document with, I you know, I'd put like a, a note at the top who I was writing. And then I ended up just opening a file and having a separate file for each narrator. And then I had kind of my scrap pile too. I ended up throwing out about easily 10, 12,000 words from this, um, from Don't Drink the Water. I was able to just kind of cut it and put it in there. And if I decided I wanted to put it back in, I, I could, and I just knew it was there. But I think keeping your your storylines really organized. That's very important too. You just floored me with what you said. Hold on, I just lost all train of thought. Wait, you what? <laughs> threw out what? What? Yes, I had I had like at least ten or twelve thousand words that I didn't use that I that I cut out because I thought, nope, this isn't perfect here. This doesn't flow with this, or you know, she wouldn't yeah. actually say that that kind of thing. So, and I had a different narrator. At one point I had Sarah's brother was a narrator and I thought, nope, he's more interesting as just someone she talks to sometimes because yeah, he was dull. So I cut him. Wow. Wow. So like, okay. So if you decide to carry this story somewhere else, I mean, you could easily come back and you could easily tell this story again from six different other people's perspectives. You know, that's a really good idea. <laughs> I like that idea. Well, yes, because our, of course, the um, antagonist, Rick, he's, although I think it's good to keep him because I don't like that guy at all. So I wouldn't even want to write him, to be honest. But, <laughs> right, you know, that's right. that's one perspective. You get just a glimpse of him and you know he's no good. But but the brother of Sarah had a friendship with him. So, yeah, she he could actually be a pretty good narrator in a future book. Right. And so many other people, you know, that that could be future narrators like, you know, the mom and, 
you know, I mean, a lot of people, I don't want to give anything away, but I mean, there are some really, really interesting characters in this book. Just, oh, I know that mom, oh, my heart just breaks for that mom because, well, and for <laughs> her daughter too. I won't say exactly why, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah I would love, and that's a good point. I would love to like maybe prequel it with her because she's, oh, that mom. <laughs> because it's called yeah. Don't Drink the Water, <laughs> it could apply like so many different ways to so many different people. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. I should maybe I maybe I need to definitely get this back on the front burner again while it's still fresh. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I wanna ask as well, okay, so you said that's really good as far as like getting it finished. But then once you get it finished and you've got this awesome product that you're proud of how's the how was the publishing part for you like um like did you self-edit did you have a team of people did you publish through a company like what was that part like for you well I did I did hire an outside editor and you know once in a while I'm still coming across little things here and there that I think weren't perfect but so I think if you're if you are someone who's a capable editor it's probably a good idea to have it in really good shape before you send it off to the editor but um, for me, I went into this one knowing I was going to do an um, indie publish, and it, you know, it's my first time doing that. Um, so I went in with, you know, really, I was excited. And then you know, you re- you realize that you're going to run into some roadblocks and things doing that, and it's hard to find your book and that kind of thing. But um, I found that Kindle Direct Publishing, I really liked formatting my ebook using their software. I don't know if you use it or not, but that made it really easy for me. You can put the headers in and that kind of thing made it look, you know, and they have that like page flip technology. I wouldn't have been able to do that without using their software. (laughs) So I do recommend it. I really enjoyed the self-publishing process. I did. I heard a lot of horror stories and I think that what you said a little while ago about having some Thing that you're passionate about is the key to all this. Being passionate about it is the key to caring whether it's like the best you can make it, but it's also the key to caring more about telling the story and, and people reading it than it is about how much money you make off of it and that sort of thing. Because the biggest complaint that I saw from people was about the split, you know, how much money you could make doing you know, um, Kindle Direct versus other stuff. And I just didn't care about that, you know. And so I've really enjoyed publishing through Kindle Direct. I think that they're, you know, Amazon is very supportive. There are a lot of um, promotional things you can do. Um, Most of the books that I've read from the writing community, I've read just by downloading through their little free promotion or, you know, $1.99 for the ebook or, you know, free, um, free credits for Audible if you, you know, download and all of these sorts of things. But to me, that's the key to getting your tribe of initial readers done so that you can get your reviews. And if you're not willing to sort of give it away for free a little bit, you know, everybody thinks they're going to be a best-selling, um, you know, published author right out the gate. And I just don't know, even it could be the greatest story in the whole entire world, but how's that going to happen if you don't share it? Well, yeah. And you know, in your case, cause I've read your book, so I can say you put out a really, really amazing product that people finding it and discovering it, that's what it's going to take. That's the thing right there is finding that audience and because there are so many books out there and I appreciate your book so much for that reason because it's 
an amazing story that everybody should read. And it's not one of those mass-produced, and that's what so many people do, the, the ones who are scammy and they say, oh, I've made all this money, I'm selling all these books. And they're just mass-producing books that aren't even necessarily worth reading. So mm. I would rather, like what you did, I'd rather read something really meaningful that someone really poured themselves into than, you know, read the <laughs> the mass-produced book or that person who's just out there to make money. Thank you so much for saying that. You are so sweet. And I... <laughs> And so people probably think, oh, they're just two friends that are just getting together <laughs> to promote each other's book. But you guys, we did not know each other from Adam before, what, two weeks, three, maybe three weeks ago. Yes, just a few weeks ago. I've only even been on Instagram since the beginning of July or something like that. So, yeah, no, what? we found each other. And it's like, I'm so glad I found you. And that's that's the thing. You figure, I'm figuring out some things about Instagram now. Of course, you've got the people who unfollow you right away. So then I go in and try to unfollow them, which, you know, it's a waste of my time, really. But <laughs> it's yeah, worth it because right? you find, like, a genuine person like you. And if, you know, now I understand why it's been worth it to be on Instagram. Because, yeah, I never would have found your book otherwise. And most importantly, I wouldn't have found you. Uh, well, you, I mean, ditto. And you guys, this is, this is why we always say quality over quantity, because, you know, I've been at this 10 years. Sure. I could have paid some service or used one of those apps and had 10,000, 20, 30,000, but for what? Why am I, Miss Introvert, Miss, I can't even stand to really be in a crowd of people. Why would I want to have 10,000 followers? Why would I want to do that? I would never see people like Di. I would never be able to engage. And I like to do the life bomb thing. I like when somebody wakes up in the morning and sees that, you know, I clicked like 20 times on their page because yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> That gets their day started good, but you can't do that if you have 20,000 followers that you didn't grow organically and you have no idea who you're following. You just can't do that. You know, I believe in sharing quality stuff. I believe in promoting quality people. And I took the time to read all of these books and interview. I'm not just saying nice things to random people. I actually dug into all of these people, found out who they were, what they're about, what kind of books they write, what kind of movies. And that's why they're on my show and I'm interviewing them, not just because I needed people. Believe it or not, this month went by so quick and all the spaces filled up so quickly that it's going to be over next week and every single spot is filled. So there's not that much room to do that. So I knew that because of the type of person that I am, I could only do that by truly engaging and 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 making quality relationships and and like Di said, you can't do that unless you really kind of do it organically. So I just want to say bravo to you. I can't believe you only been at it since um, July. I mean, you're doing a great job. Well, thank you. Well, I know I, I know I am because I found you. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> I would have never known if you had just now said that that you had only been on Instagram since July. That's awesome. So now I feel extra honored and lucky. So you guys, that's another key. Let you know, don't don't miss the point. You know, we love each other. She's awesome. We, this is totally a divine connection. You're probably going to be able to get my book and her book as some kind of little promo gift or something because they just go together. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, well, don't miss the point that you guys, this is why you have to use social media. I'm playing with Morky here, her toy, y'all. Sorry. 
<laughs> she's on a roll. It's past her nap time, but she is like, I want to be part of the interview. But this is why it's so important to use social media authentically, because some of the people that I've had the privilege and the honor of meeting and connecting with, I would never have if I had just paid some service to manage my social media and make it look like I'm more famous than I really am. It's not worth it. You can't. Mm -mm. Now at some point you're going to be a bestseller and you're going to have a hundred thousand followers, but you will have already cultivated those few relationships and those people that you needed to know. If you just do that overnight, well, how are you going to find the people? How are you going to find your tribe? You can't. So I, I just appreciate this so much. Hi, I'm Janice, author of Burning Out Embers and The Birth Crisis, and you're listening to The Living Sugar-Free Lifestyle Show with Andre in the Morning. Thanks so much for joining us for this writing lifestyle episode in the creator series on The Living Sugar-Free Lifestyle Show. I am your host, Andrea Raquel, and I appreciate you so much for listening. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, be sure to go and do that right after this one. You won't want to miss a thing. We've been speaking with Di Dalio. She's the author of Don't Drink the Water, and I love her. I love her book. She's so awesome. Be sure to follow her around the net, and if you have questions for Di, you can leave us a message, and we'll do our best to get your question on the air. So more from Di. Thank you so much, and we appreciate you so much for being here. Tell us about Die without your author hat on. Like, what do you do to just, I mean, if you have any time to just completely, you know, decompress, what do you do when you're not writing and when you're not taking care of the world? Well, okay. I love, I love the treadmill. I'll be honest about that. And I actually do the treadmill as a service to everyone in this house because then they can live with me. It calms me down a little bit, (laughs) burns some of that energy. You know, so I go down there. It's great. I listen to music or I watch something and then I come up and I'm, you know, I'm ready for the day. So treadmills, number one, I, I love to cook and that's new for me. I used to be kind of scared to cook and I'm kind of glad that I, um, you know, I've gotten some good kitchen appliances, that kind of things. And I, I love to cook. I really do. I love my sous vide. If you don't have one, you should probably get one. It's amazing. <laughs> it's where you, it, well, I got it to pasteurize eggs because I'm, fearful of salmonella that kind of thing you just you've kind of let them float it's, it's you, you put stuff in a water bath and you drop this the sous vide in and it gets it to a certain temperature and it maintains the temperature and then you know your eggs are pasteurized well then I started reading oh you can cook meat and all kinds of things in there and it comes out really tender and my gosh it really does I mean I can cook things I was never able to because I'm one of those people I overcook my meat that kind of thing so you put it in the sous vide you know it's pasteurized and full, you know, not going to get a foodborne illness or anything. And then you can just sear it afterward and season it up. And yeah, I'm able to make all kinds of things now. <laughs> so this is a kitchen appliance? Yes. Yeah. And I think it's French. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Sous vide. I'm one of those people. Listen, I'm one of those people who, you know, in my previous life, when I had like a regular job and stuff, I'm one of those people who would be up all night ordering as seen on TV kitchen gadgets. Okay. Like I had yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> So I'll be looking that up and adding that to my wish list. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. I mean, yeah, you can put anything in there. It comes out really tender and then you can know it's fully cooked because yeah, the other, la- like chicken, that's something I'm fearful to cook because so what if it's not uh, done in the middle, but yeah, I throw it in the sous vide and then I know it's, I can be confident that it's fully cooked <laughs> and t- comes out really tender. 
So you love to cook. So maybe we can expect a cookbook from you with some of your favorite recipes one day. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Or maybe I'll do like Sarah Crockett's recipes or something. That'd be cute. That'd be really awesome. You know, people who are busy sometimes take for granted, like the fact that you're getting it all done, you're happy, the people around you are happy. That's an art. So like whatever your marinade is to it all can always be a sort of how to for others. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You no, that's really it's good. just what I do, but no, it's, there's an art to it. Yeah. No, it's great. You just got to love life every single day. There's no, no guarantees either. So, and I've learned, learned that recently. You want to make sure you're enjoying every minute of every day. Yeah. Not wasting anyone's time or your own. That's really yes. important too. Yes. So, okay. So what is on your iPod? You're an eye, you're an eye gadget girl. I know. Cause I asked that while we were trying to get our technology yes. together. So what's on your iPad that you listen to when you're on the treadmill? Oh, I listen to so much. And that's, that's something I'm, I'm so lucky. My parents, you know, we listen to everything from, you know, whatever. My dad did a lot of like the show tune kind of stuff and, or like Broadway. And he did a lot of classical music. So I've got all that. I got an ear for all that. Then my mom was more of like the, you know, like the pop and the, I mean, she listens to everything too, but yes, I love music. And I, I, but you know, my number one obsession since I was about probably 12, 13 years old is Elton John. (laughs) Yay! <laughs> I love, I just love him. I love his old stuff. I love his classical stuff um, or his classic stuff. And I just love his story too. I, I love Elton John. I don't know. And, and I was kind of known for that through school too. I was very proud to love Elton John. <laughs> but like I said, I listened. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to lots of other stuff too though, but you know, there's some amazing albums that like Fleetwood Mac, the dance, you know, the live album, it's been out forever, like maybe 20 years now. And that's one of those go-to, you can just listen to it top to bottom. Okay. And what about TV shows or movies, top faves? Oh my goodness. All right. So my husband and I, we love the movie Blades of Glory. It's hilarious. It's, it's older now too. That movie is so funny. (laughs) I like to watch funny movies. You know, I'll watch the dramatic stuff, but I'm kind of a crier, so it's more enjoyable for me to watch something that's not too bad. <laughs> not going to make me cry. A crier, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Blades yeah, but, of Glory. I'm not familiar with that. I'll have to it's watch. It's about these two men who start ice skating together because they're disqualified from their individual competitions. It's it's a funny movie. I think it's like Will Ferrell. And the guy yeah, from Napoleon Dynamite. I was going Will Ferrell. It sounded like a Will Ferrell movie. Yeah. No, I, that movie really, it still makes me laugh all these years later. Well, and Tropic Thunder is another one. And, you know, that's before we had kids and we had time to watch movies. Those were our two, like, go-to movies that we still watch them once in a while to make us laugh. Okay. And what TV shows do you binge? Oh, what are we watching right now? You know, I watched, we've watched all three seasons of True Detective together. The second season, I did not like it all, but the first and third season were really good. God, what are we watching? We're watching something right now on Netflix. I can't think of what it is, but I don't know. I, I like, like, True Detective. It's not too long of a season, but I've loved in the past. I love The Sopranos. Um, what else? 
Uh, what what do you like? Why don't you tell me some of the ones you watch? Maybe it'll help me I, jog my. <laughs> I I I think we'll see. I'm a crier too, and I'm such a sap that I like stuff like that, but more fiction. So I'm big on the Criminal Minds and the mm-hmm. all of those all of the fake detective shows and and crime mystery shows like I can't too much take the real life ones because it, it yeah I'll be definitely. thinking about it for like the next three weeks like that that's how I am too that's how I am too and that's what we're watching we're watching Mindhunter right now that's what we're watching on Netflix we watched the first season last year the second one now and my husband picked it and honestly it creeps me out it gives me bad dreams <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I'd rather sit and watch Blades of Glory, really. <laughs> and it's funny because when you talk to police officers, like I had a friend who worked for CSI and I asked him, I was like, now, I was like, is CSI totally fake? And he was like, no, actually, they do a pretty good job, except we don't have that kind of budget. But right. <laughs> people like that, police officers, you know, my dad, you know, military people, combat soldiers, usually they'd rather watch the real stuff than the fake stuff, you know, which for good reason, it makes sense, you know, but Mm -hmm. for, you know, I'm wimpier than that. So for me, I, I, for entertainment purposes, I mostly would rather watch the fake stuff that I know is going to have a moral to the story and a happy ending, you know, because otherwise it's not entertainment for me. It's like heartbreaking. No, and you know what I just discovered that is an old show, but I watched it on the treadmill, like top to bottom, is Gossip Girl. I cannot believe how catty that show is, but I, I enjoy it on the treadmill. That's a good one, too. <laughs> oh, okay. So so we're talking now. We're talking, what do they call them? What do they call it? Guilty pleasures or whatever, which yeah. I don't like that because if I was guilty, I wouldn't do it. I do have one. Um, my guilty pleasure shows, because for the most part, I don't do reality TV because it just infuriates me yeah but I will watch um RuPaul's Drag Race um oh yeah I love RuPaul I love oh my god I love that show (laughs) I will watch um what else uh what else do I like on those um I've got a couple of those that I like you know I watched um I can't do Survivor I can't do Big Brother I can't do any of those I watched Naked and Afraid for a little while, but that show just, it, it <laughs> infuriated me because I'm like, how do you not build a fire first? <laughs> <laughs> do you oh watch any God. Housewives? I will admit that I watched the Beverly Hills one, the Re- Real Housewives Beverly Hills. That's my that's my other guilty pleasure. And, and, and you know, it infuriates me half the time too. I can't. And I so you find yourself yelling at the TV. So I watched... I watched Atlanta Housewives when I was in Atlanta just because it's kind of like if a good friend of yours writes a book or is on television, you're going to watch it. And that's right. kind of why I watched it. I know personally some of the people that were on that show. We used to get our hair done at the uh, Purple Door Salon, which is uh, Dwight Eubanks old salon from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched uh, what, what was that another show called? Um, uh, can never think of this show because I've only really seen it once. Um, it's the one with Mimi Faust on it. I can't remember what it's called. But I watched those a couple of times just to kind of honor the people that I know that were on them. But I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't. They, I know. Those like, housewives are tough sometimes. I, I can't <laughs> always get through it. <laughs> but I love, love Meet the Big Ange, though, now. She, I, 
Oh, Big yes. Ange is my girl. I loved her. And I like watched that show a couple of times just to see her because I had seen her on like some talk shows. And I was like, oh, I like her. I'm going to watch this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they made me too. They made me too mad. I couldn't. But my sister watches them. So I will watch them a couple of times with her. But the funny thing is, it's kind of like the soap operas that like, even though you only watch them like once a year, you know what's going on. So it's yeah. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. yeah, you know who the villain is on that show every time. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know the Atlanta housewives hit too close to home when they started having scandal and legal battles and all that kind of stuff and I was like I can't watch this because I know some of these people and I'm not gonna be able to look at y'all the same <laughs> right no I wouldn't be able to either then it's just stressful I'm <laughs> keeping a straight face when I know stuff you know <laughs> oh my god it has been so much fun talking to you thank you so much for for sharing with us oh thanks for having me this has been great yeah I, I mean I have to write another book now so I can do this again hopefully I was gonna <laughs> right? say um when that next book comes out and even just because before I mean we you can definitely come back I think I was just thinking the other day I'm gonna have to some kind of way like repackage this and repackage a writer series just so I can have all these people back because I can't wait until like the next movies and the next books no you guys can be like my regular ongoing experts on the show yeah I really like that idea yeah that'd be great Where do I send my maybe, application? Let me know. Maybe we'll have like <laughs> reading corner with Andrea where we come back and read little excerpts from each book or something. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, get into some deeper character profiles or something. Yeah, I like it. Let's do that's it. That's a good idea. Character profiles. Mm. We'll think of something. I don't know. Yeah, We're we'll figure it out. <laughs> Damn, I just love you and I love your book you guys I think I told people that if they came and asked us a question that I'd send them a book so if you if you um if you've got questions for Di go ahead and ask them we'll try to get your question on the air and we'll get her to come back and we'll answer your questions follow her on Instagram at author Di Dalio or is it Di Dalio it's the second one Di Dalio author Okay, and what is it on Twitter? Is it the same thing on Twitter? You know, I, I'm i not active on Twitter, and I apologize for that, everybody. I, I need to work on Twitter. So <laughs> now, just find me on Instagram for now. You guys, that's okay. I'll tag it so you can find her if you're on Twitter as well. There's people talking about you on Twitter, and you don't even know it. I say this all the time. like, And it's okay because you can't be everywhere all the time. And also, too, the busier you are and the more well-known, when you become the more you know the more this kind of thing gets going you don't have time for all that so you do the best you can but you guys follow her everywhere definitely go add her on um follow her on amazon add her book to your reading list uh, you won't be disappointed share a review and come back and share some questions if you're a busy mom and you know or a busy dad and or if you're a veteran or a soldier you're trying to figure out how to balance all this and get a book written you're trying to figure out how to deal with the 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 writer's block and all that. You guys come ask us some questions. We'll get her back on to answer them. And we'll have Dee back very, very soon. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really, really, really appreciate it, Andrea. This has been so fun. <laughs>